Time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the matter need out of Ding Dong? I want to see some of that whizbiz. Welcome back to the WizBiz with Alex and Eric. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. What we do is we cover episodes of Adventure Time, sort of. And in this episode, we are covering uh, from Season 1, Episode 6, The Jiggler. Episode 7, Ricardio, the heart person, or I probably got that name wrong. And Episode 8, Business Time. And now to kick everything off, here's Alex telling us why we're doing three episodes in one podcast. Because Eric, this episode kind of blows, <laughs> and the next one is much better. And Eric, yeah. I'm not even all that fond of the third one, <laughs> even though I think that's Brian Posehn. <laughs> uh, no, they're fine. It's just, there's certain episodes we talked about, at least I've mentioned how I'm impressed on how much kind of lore and what I like about the show later gets mm-hmm. established early. These are more three episodes of they're fine. They're fun enough, but I don't know that there's much, you know, there's episodes where there's like occultism in it and you and I can talk about stuff and have like discussion around it. This one, it's, I don't think either of you know a juice baby. Either of you. That was weird. I just went into some weird third person thing. <laughs> I, just, just went into some I mean, that juice baby, the jiggler. I, I honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say about this episode. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. It, the yeah. Jiggler uh, is a weird little critter that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's gross. <laughs> it, you know, the best thing about the episode is the joke at the beginning where there's where they bring the watermelon and sausage back to the hut. And they're like, there you go, Stanley. Wow, you yes. get into more, <clears throat> more trouble than any watermelon. And, you know, you, there's no evidence that Stanley is uh, sentient or animate like the rest of the <laughs> He just looks like a watermelon. Yeah. Um, maybe that's Richard Broad again. I have an <laughs> idea for a segment that I didn't tell you about. I'm going to tell you right now because okay. this is somebody okay. in the running. Is at the end of each episode, we should vote for who won the episode. That being just the random background character, like Tree Trunks, I would vote for the skeleton mar- uh, mariachi butterflies. Yeah, this yeah, episode we yeah. could vote for Stanley the Watermelon. I'm not oh, saying we oh, are. I think Stanley the Watermelon is a shoe in. Yes. So I just want to establish this that there may be something coming. So episode. as we talk about the episodes and maybe some background character show. Yeah. Hell, yeah. It could be major characters. I'm not your boss. I'm just throwing <laughs> ideas out there. Oh, so um, there is one thing. So one of the things that the Jiggler does is it does have one of those lessons of the week at the end, which is uh, Finn saying, uh, "And I'll never kidnap again." which is mm. a great lesson for him to learn because the the whole premise of, of Finn versus the Ice King is that Finn saves kidnapped princesses. Yes. Princesses. <clears throat> we should practice saying that word at the beginning. Princesses? When we're doing our vocal warm-ups. You know? I think I said it perfectly right there. You did. I said it. I somehow referred to myself as they, uh, which is was baffling. But <laughs> you, you know, maybe you're possessed. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's all I need to say about that episode. Well, I do. I, so I have more points than you okay. on this one because I forced myself to write stuff down because this episode's nothing. But here's, but it's a talking point too. So th- one of the things we haven't brought up a lot on this show is how often dancing comes up. 
And this episode is largely based on Finn singing and them having a dance party. Yes, there's the whole vocoder, like he swallowed a tiny computer. Yes. Yeah. So the question for you is, Eric, do you dance? I do. I don't dance well or often. And, you know, I'm pretty shy about it. So if you were, let's say we're at a wedding together. Uh Uh-huh. And there's, you know, obviously the reception, there's, there's dancing going on. Would you ever just willingly go and dance? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Interesting. I, I, I mean, this is something that's different for me. Like, I never used to do that, but at some point I was kind of like, I realize that nobody really gives a shit. The reason I asked is because I want to talk about myself. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I've, I figured. No, honestly, I, I was curious about you because uh, my whole life I've been of the opinion that I don't want to dance. Dancing is stupid. I don't know. Other people dancing is fine. My dancing would be stupid. Uh-huh. I've tried it a couple times, didn't take to it. But I'm starting as, a, as I'm entering into like kind of the, the, the firm strides of middle age. I'm starting to like maybe not regret not dancing, but like maybe somewhere in the back of my head, I kind of want to. Yeah, I, I went through that, I think. I sort of came to a spot where, because I mean, I think there was a part of me that always wanted to feel comfortable dancing, but I was... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I, I wanted mean, to feel comfortable with it. Yeah, because I'm that's that's I think more what I'm saying is I don't want to dance. I wanna feel comfortable dancing. Yeah. I'll probably not take up the right for like I'll probably never do it. But I just want the kind of the the serenity, the the chill, the the the, the bodhisattva like nature of people that can just get, dance. It, and enjoy themselves. I would like to enjoy myself. That's actually probably the first step I should get through. Okay, I have uh, two ideas. One is something that I have done, and another is something that might not be the best idea I've ever had. So the, the thing that I have done is dancing alone at home. You know, put, yes. on, put on some music and just dance as you're cooking or dance for your own... I am, I am a cooking dancer, but more no, I'm more of like a cooking shimmier. There's never yeah. full moves. There is, you know, the shimmy is a dance. It's just yeah, a but mild. Dance. Even saying it is shimmy, it's it's more of a somewhat rhythmic swaying or something along those lines. Like very very minimal movement, which is about all I really feel like doing. Sort of like a like a like how a zombie sort of shambles that sort of sway. Yeah. Okay. But like slightly more on beat. Uh huh. Yeah, because that's why they say dance like no one's watching. But like when no one's watching, I don't really want to dance. <laughs> but I do kind of want, I want someone to, oh, I want to tell an embarrassing story here because okay. you can tell how much we care about these episodes. So I don't like dancing. I don't like when people ask me to dance. There's a whole thing of wedding people just ruining other people's nights by going, come on, you know you want to dance. And there's no way to actually explain to them, no, literally I don't. This is, I'm not being shy. I do not want to dance. And then you ruin their night and they kind of ruin your night, which is a hundred percent their fault. Uh <laughs> So I was uh, uh, out drinking with this lady that I sort of knew. I knew well enough that like maybe things would progress. And we went back to her place and uh, she decided to have a dance party. And I was like, okay. So I was just kind of sitting there and she was dancing. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, because like she's attractive moving around. This is great. And she's like, all right, you have to dance. She gets me up. I'm like, fine. And I'm very drunk at this point. And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to like just do something. And she says, and I quote, do you even like music? <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad it was at it. and I keep on this is not the thing that's holding me back from dancing because like at no point did I think oh I'm going to be good at this I'm I'm not I'm not that kind of I don't have that kind of toxic masculine ego thinking oh 
I have a dick, therefore I'll be great at things. I'm aware I'd be shit at it. But like, I was so shit at it. Like, so shit at it. Yeah, you know, it's definitely something that requires a little bit of practice, which was why I think dancing alone at home is something that could prepare you for dancing in the real world. Yeah. Especially if you do something like watch 80s music videos and you see how bad their dancing is, but you say to yourself, you know what? I can dance as good as Courtney Cox in in, in Can't Light a Fire Without a Spark. Like, everybody can. This is an interesting thing uh, as well. I don't know what good dancing looks like, other than maybe like a Fred Astaire or those those two uh, those two dudes that dance up and down the steps back in the '30s. I don't remember the Something <laughs> Brothers. Like I'm like that's very impressive. But like I because during my thinking about dancing, I went and looked at I I googled for uh, examples of good casual dancing because I'm like what does casual people dancing well look like? Oh, good question. And it just I mean I, can't, I don't know. They, it just looks kind of dumb to me. Yeah, I think it. I think it, it's. I think a lot of it. I think the joy of dancing comes from just allowing you, allowing yourself to let your body move with music. Yeah, that is so like not my thing. And I don't think that it comes easily to everybody. No. But I do I have found that as I have you know done my own private dance parties at home, uh, it does become more comfortable, and you do start to feel better about it uh even though i know that i look ridiculous yeah but you know maybe that's maybe that's okay maybe that's kind of what dancing is maybe dancing is about everybody looking ridiculous together i mean i think i'd look cool because i'm you know like a mountain of like grizzled muscle and testosterone (laughs) you know i'm i'm basically like a walking six-pack so like i'd probably look cool anyway but um by the way, this is not a video show, so I can say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that we both look like the Jiggler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, true. Yeah, like, I mean, truth. to get back to that episode. Uh, well, the only other notes I have on the episode is I think it's funny that his favorite food is drawing. Mm-hmm. That's clever. And that Finn and Jake have a a glass eye and eye patch collection, respectively. And all of Jake's eye patches were in mint condition. Yes. But, okay, oh, well, I think we know where we got them, where they got them, which we will discover in the Businessman episode. Uh, and I had, oh, one, yeah. I had one more note, one thing that I thought was kind of cute and a nice callback. So when it's time, you know, for them to put the Jiggler to bed, uh, Finn's like, you can have the most comfortable spot on the bed and, like, puts Jiggler in the normal human spot on the bed. And then Finn curls up at the foot of the bed like a dog. Yeah. And I totally was like, oh, right, because he was raised by dogs. Yes. That's just, that's what he thinks is probably normal. That's like the Muppet Babies of Raised by Wolves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we get into the next episode, I have a segment called It's Time to Open the Sake. So this is uh, Junmai Ginjo, and that's about all I know about it because it's all in Japanese. I know that it's a 900 milliliter carton, like a box, you know, like you'd get your milk in. And it's from Tatsuma Honke Brewing Company uh, in Nishinomiya, Nada. Oh, and there's... Oh, I can't... There are lots of diagrams and things on here. And I was looking at this one saying, like, what's that thing about the scissors? But I think that's how you recycle the box. Oh, yeah. I got this at John's Marketplace a few months ago. Maybe many months ago. And it was the sort of thing where I was, like, hanging out there with a buddy that I hadn't seen in a while. And... The, one of the bartenders is like, hey, there's a sake tasting down at the other end of the bar. And so I went. To, we went down to the other end of the bar. Nice. 
And of course, they just had all this super fancy sake. So, you know, uh, since this isn't a sake podcast, I'm just going to assume that everybody out there knows as little about sake as I do. There are so many different types. This one is clear, which I think is in... You know, honestly, I don't remember. I'm not going to say anything else about it because I'm just going to sound like an idiot. Anyhow, it's clear and smells sake-ish. Yeah. Oh, man. That is a nice sake. It is sweet, smooth, uh, kind of funky, kind of hot. You can kind of taste the alcohol in it. I'm having a thought here. Yeah? I don't know if I've ever had sake while sober. Oh. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever tasted sake with a sober tongue. I like it, but it's it's a little, it's not what I remembered. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I'm usually hammered at a sushi restaurant when this is happening. Yeah, I find sake to be super uh, interesting, but I'm not like a huge uh, fan. So I don't drink it very often. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you know, the I've had this box for so long and it's been like sitting there and I've been saying to myself for months, like, oh, there'll be an event. There'll be something. There'll be some reason to open this up. Finally, today, I was like, you know what? I should take this. So the reason to open it up is we're going to talk is, about it. Is the drink the juice. <laughs> yeah, drink the juice. Speaking about something juicy, Ricardio. Ricardio. The heart person? Yes. Is so that the name of the episode? I think it's Ricardio, Ricardio the heart guy. Maybe it's Ricardio the heart guy. Um, well, that's what I wrote down, but that's... I My note-taking is, is less than what I would refer to as ideal. So that could be just me not wanting to type the whole word person. It's very <laughs> possible. Ricardio, the heart person. Anyhow, you know, Ricardio is a creepy dude. And like Finn, I didn't like him from the beginning. And it makes sense mm. when you eventually learn Ricardio's, you know, secret origin story. He's from a creepy place. He's literally the Ice King's heart. True. And that's a bad place to be from. George Takei, being the voice actor, actually adds a lot to this episode for me because there is that there are a few scenes where Ricardio and Princess Bubblegum engage in that kind of like Star Trekky pseudoscience talk where they just sounds like they're making up words like the the Boobatron plasmoidal formation. Probably didn't say that right. I don't know when you say it sounds like they're making up words. I don't think you really need the sounds like. It's just they're making up. It sounds, well, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is it sounds like they're improvising science words, except that they do use the same terms over yeah. and over again. But the the Boobatron plasmodial formation was my favorite. I wrote that one down. And then um, <laughs> that would mean the Babylons would fluctuate inside the piranosphere. Yeah, which is true. That's real science. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's for sure. You I read that in a brief history of time. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. That's really, really bad. Um, and the, yeah, Princess Bubblegum had some great lines in this episode. Yeah, well, let's let's start the, the beginning where okay. we meet with Ice King. He's he's kidnapping uh, Princess Bu- uh, Bubblegum. Uh, yeah, yeah, sort and of his hobby. There is the setup that the end of this is that uh, they Finn and Jake trick the Ice King into kissing Jake's butt. Mm-hmm. That's the. That's the fun. Just that's all I, I just established that because the end of the episode <laughs> is the payoff to what is Chekhov's Chekhov's dog butt. Chekhov's dog butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had that written down too. That's the first thing I wrote. And down. Ice King kissed Ice King kissed Jake's butt. And PB <laughs> hugs Finn, mm-hmm. going with the kind of uh, she's a bit of a you know a tease playing with his emotions. Yeah, type. and he turns bright red. He yes. like blushes crazy. How old? How old is Finn? He's like 10. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. We 
meet back at the castle in in Candy Kingdom, mm-hmm. and Ricardio is giving Lumpy Space Princess a best friend massage, and with lots of farting noises. Yes, yes, yes. And he, but here's, I'm a little confused about it. He goes, "It's a best friend. It can only be done between." People that are close friends, so and it's it completely, completely consensual. consensual. I don't think that's the right word. Yeah, because there's no way Ricardio and Lumpy Space Princess are best friends, because... But also, no, but completely consensual, like, that would mean, like, there's consent, like, they agreed upon it. So, Which like, there must going to a, but going to a massage parlor is completely consensual, like... Sure, it's sure. A, it's a useless word, like, he's basically saying, and the best part about it is, I'm not raping her. Like, there's no... Yeah. It, it's, it's just a it's weird... It's a creepy thing to say, Ricardio. Yeah, so, I God, wonder if that's, a, if that's a character point, or they just got... Because the word sensual is in it, uh, they went, oh. oh, maybe it means consexual, to, you know... Yeah. Well, I'm sure they knew what consensual meant. But maybe Ricardio didn't. You definitely don't get the impression that the Ice King knows what consent means. No. But to be fair, I mean, Pendleton Ward, kind of genius guy, like mm-hmm. big fan. But, it, you know, it's not like he strikes me as the literary type. Like he's he's more hmm. like, you know, casual writing. So I'm not saying consensual is a big word, but what I'm saying is this is the type of show and he's the type of creator that I wouldn't be surprised if just the wrong word was used. That's true. Yeah. And I guess it this this did come out before um, the internet kind of exploded around the word consent. Like, remember, there was that period of time a yeah, the, few years ago. The Me Too kind of thing was... Yeah, that's yeah, that's how that Too, word was but, brought to my attention. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I knew the word existed, um, hmm. but I don't know that... I bet in the context of... It had been... Consent is sexy and the kind of yeah, uh, young yeah, people yeah. speak. And, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that really could be part of it. Consent uh, is sexy, such a weird phrase. And and I get I that. I mean, what the cabbage, Alex? I, I, I agree <laughs> with the, the concept, but it's like, mm, you know, it's sexy, you know, uh, contract law. Oh, yeah, tort reform. Like, it's just, it's such a, like <laughs> okay, a. Okay, now hold on. Tort reform is sexy. Yeah, fair enough. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another moment in here. So Finn starts freaking out and I really do enjoy him not understanding his emotions and oh, not yeah. knowing how to articulate them. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I feel weird. And, and Jake's uh, like, you have a new emotion that you don't understand. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's really fun. And then Princess Bubblegum says, that's jealousy, hun. Mm-hmm. Then hun. Yeah. Hun. She continues to play with him. Like, she knows he's feeling jealousy. You're right. You know, I know we had a disagreement about Princess Bubblegum maybe not being aware of Jake's or Finn's feelings early on in the in our podcast. Yeah. Uh, and this episode did make me realize, like, she is playing with Finn's heart. Yeah. Uh, which isn't cool, peebs. But also, I think it works with her character, because later it's discovered that she's fluent in German, which, you know, we all know what that means. Now, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we all know what that means. <laughs> uh, but we also know that... that uh, I, you know, Princess Bubblegum really goes after the, the nerds. Truth. Because she has that line, Finn, you shouldn't punch brainiacs. You know how fragile they are. And I felt that. I felt like I was being spoken to finally. <laughs> yeah, like... Finally, my, my nerdy, <laughs> fragile. Oh, wait, no, I forgot I'm a man, Matt. My apologies. <laughs> I can't keep I can't keep all this, you know, uh, kayfabe character work in line. <laughs> so, yeah, you shouldn't punch brainiacs. Uh, Ice King reveals that Ricardio is actually evil. Mm-hmm. Because he's his own heart, which yes. is a, a, it's a it's an interesting kind of uh, self referential thing. I don't know how to word this, but like, it's that 
they're they're riding this line where Ice King knows that his heart's evil, but there's no awareness of Ice King thinking he's evil. Right. Which is an interesting, like, that's good writing there, that somehow they managed to keep the character in, intact enough that he thinks he's the good guy, he's just a lonely guy trying to get princesses. Yeah. But also he's aware that his heart's evil. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, they landed that well. They did, I agree. And I think um, also there are more hints to, like, the Ice King's nature. The fact that yeah. he can live without a heart. Like, he looks pretty rotten without the heart in him, but he's, he's immortal because of his curse. Yeah. And he can live even though his heart, even though he ripped his own heart out of his chest and animated it. Speaking of which, I'm going to cut out Princess Bubblegum's heart and make out with it. Yeah. We've all been there, bro. We (laughs) have all been there. Does she even have a heart? Isn't she made of solid bubblegum? She is. But I feel like I've seen heart-shaped bubblegum before. Yeah, but if you put heart-shaped bubblegum inside other bubblegum, it's all going to just stick together. Yeah, but I mean, in, in the magical bubblegum kingdom, that she's like kind of the 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 platonic ideal of bubblegum, I think if she just uh-huh. adds any bubblegum to her, just become part of her. So if she put, you know... Okay, we're going to come back to this when we learn more about Princess Bubblegum in later episodes, I think, because I think, I think that it's possible that Princess Bubblegum doesn't have a heart. I don't know that she has blood. Yeah, if anything, it'd be like some kind of like sucrose or... Um, yeah, you remember those corn um, syrup? What were those uh, those bubble gums that you'd bite into them and they had like the juice? Oh yeah, on the gushers. Inside? Gushers. Yeah. Does she have gusher juice running through her veins? That's what she said. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ricardo gets the shit kicked out of him, and mm-hmm. I like his I like his beaten up face, and uh, gets shoved back into Ice King's chest, and it's a happy ending. And the ending after that is Princess Bubblegum does a handstand puts a cutout picture of Jake on her butt and tries to make Finn kiss it. Yeah. And she says, am I doing this right, Jake? <laughs> Which is a, is a funny, it's a funny moment. Yeah. But also just going to the, she's fucking with him thing. She's uh-huh. saying in the nicest way, um, be intimate with my lower regions, Finn. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. But also answers the question, do they eat ass of the candy kingdom? And the answer <laughs> and then, is, if your ass is made of bubblegum. Because I resounded yes. <laughs> I'm here to eat ass and chew bubblegum. And thank God I'm in the candy kingdom and can do both simultaneously. <laughs> but I can't multitask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I have on that episode. Which weirdly... Oh, no, I have one more point, though. Going to this was the one that I... So the first episode that I think is a total flop is is the Juicy Boy one. Uh-huh. It's just... it's I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. But going into, I, I was thinking I was going to say that about Ricardio because I hate the character, but I like every other thing in the episode other mm-hmm. than when he's on screen. Everything else works for me. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly, once I, because I, you know, Ricardio also, the episode annoys me. So even though I've watched a lot of Adventure Time episodes a second time, it, or third or fifth or tenth, however many, um, I have never really rewatched the Ricardio episode. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> the re-revelation that he's the Ice King's heart uh, does sort of change how I feel about this episode because it does make me realize like, oh, this is kind of important. It is sort of a character development episode. And Ricardio does come back later. I just have no kind of um, fondness for the character. So it's hard yeah. for me to, but I did enjoy the, the stuff surrounding him. He's still more enjoyable than Lemon Grab. <laughs> I would rather watch a Lemon Grab episode significantly more than than watching a Ricardio. Oh, man. <clears throat> I'm fine with the screechiness. I think it's I think it's kind of funny. 
And the stuff he says is is very amusing. It's true. Like it's he's true. just in pure existential rage all the time. It's great. <laughs> that was that. And let's um let's do a segment. Okay. Uh. Well, hold on. Before we hold on, if we are voting for our favorite uh, background character, in the well, episode, we still have a whole. No, no. I was going to say of the three episodes. Of the three episodes, we have to pick uh, one out of all three episodes. Well, no, just like, yeah, like the best guy that won all three episodes, that won tonight's episode. So we still got a whole other... who it's going to be between. I already know who... That's fine, but let's, we'll do it at the end of the episode. Okay, I think okay, it's, okay, okay. I think it'd be a good closing segment of who wins. All right, all right. What's this segment called? I, I don't know. Uh, what do we want to do? You've got... I have some show and tell. You have show and tell. I've do got, you have a shiny rock? I've got many shiny rocks. Uh, okay, I have two shows and tells. Two show and tells. Well, let's uh, let's. I'll do shiny rock right now because okay. that doesn't take as long. We'll do the episode, the final episode, and then we can we'll close out the episode with your show and tell. Okay. Because okay. I feel like that's going to be much stronger than what I have here. I don't know. What's your shiny rock? Hey, Alex, have you found any shiny rocks lately? Boy, howdy, have I? I've got a I've got a running list of weird shit I've run into. Here's a question for you. Mm. Did I on this show tell you about the origin of snake oil? No. Okay. Interesting. So you know the phrase snake oil salesman? Yes. Which is a, what, it, it, describe it for me. What is, what is that? Well, a snake oil salesman is someone who sells patent medicines. Yeah. And uh, basically. And, and the, you know, generically, it's someone who, um, who sells some sort of product that is being sold with lots of false claims. Yes. Like it might be a product that does nothing. It might be a product that isn't as good as he's saying, or it might be a product that's downright harmful. So what's interesting about that is the origin of snake oil salesman. The using the phrase snake oil salesman to use that kind of pejorative term is not because people sold snake oil as a patent medicine, which is where the term snake oil comes from. It was uh, Chinese immigrants would uh, break down the snake and put it in uh, a suspension liquid. I think it might be some kind of alcohol and they use it as a medicine. Mm -hmm. But apparently high in omega threes, high in omega sixes, it was literally good for you. People started making ersatz bullshit forms of the snake oil using American like rattlesnakes and stuff, which doesn't really have the omega-3. It's basically shitty for you. So being a snake oil salesman is not the person that sells this fake ass snake oil. It's someone who sells fake, fake ass snake oil. So it's actually a two layered thing of where the term snake oil salesman comes from. Yeah. You know, I guess I had known that because I'd read about the snake oil salesman before, but it is just weird that snake oil was a real thing, but... Fake snake oil. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, we kind of have the same thing now, like with olive oil, right? Like, yeah, it's very much so like much oil. Yeah. of the time when you buy olive oil in the grocery store, it's not really olive oil. Yeah. And so we could we could almost you know talk about olive oil salesmen, except that I think people really really enjoy living in the myth of olive oil. Like I know I do. I know that I probably can't afford real olive oil, so when I buy it at the grocery store, I'm probably getting like you know, canola oil with some olive oil added in or something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's all I can afford and I got to pretend. I'm there with you. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna, I want to do one more shiny rock. Okay. I'm going to give you the choice. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four. I have five words uh -huh. and one weird theory I just found out. You choose, you, you want a word? We're doing a weird theory. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so hold on. We need a different topic. For, we need a different name for this. We well, no, it's a shiny it a, rock. That's the, is that's... it a shiny rock or is it a Bigfoot sighting? I like shiny rock. Okay, fine. That's the whole point. I read it to some weird because I don't want to be stuck <laughs> with just saying random words all week. Um, <laughs> okay. Snake oil sales technically isn't a word. So that's, you know, it's a... It's a snake it's oil a, is a term. Yeah. It's, yeah. But anyway, so okay. this is a short one because it's utter bullshit, but I've never run into this conspiracy theory before. So much like 
Paul McCartney was meant to have uh, died in a, in a car accident, and he was replaced by a lookalike mm-hmm. in the Beatles back in the 60s or whatever. There is a theory that George Washington, founder of our country, well, you know, whatever, died and was replaced by, get this, Adam Weishaupt. Adam Weishaupt. I had never yes, heard that before. That, uh, I don't, I think that that theory came from Illuminatus by... Oh, no uh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so under... I, I think that that actually came directly from um, Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Oh, Shane. that sucks. I did, that's what I said. I didn't do any research on it. I just read... Yeah. But I ran into it as someone claiming that to be a real thing, which is perfect for the Illuminatus Discordian stuff there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, actually, uh, I don't know a whole lot about this, but I will, uh, I will first of all... Um, Refill your sake. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's uh, arigato. <laughs> Domo, Mister Roboto. <laughs> thank you very much, Mister Roboto. You're welcome for handing um, me the sake when you needed to. Thank you. Well, I wanted to have some too, and you know you can't. I was just doing sticks lyrics to fill time, <laughs> but making them about sake. <laughs> there is a there is a great conspiracy theory about George Washington. I think it's I think it's either George Washington or Thomas Jefferson speaking a prophecy about the United States. Ooh. And uh, and that's kind of a fascinating one. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it, but, um, you know, maybe we should look into that for next time. I like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, I'll give you one word just because... Okay, okay, I, let's I wanna, do a word. Uh, one, two, three, f- one, one through four, name a number. Uh, I will name the number two, George. Number two was perfect because that's the one I wanted to read. Okay. Do you know what Lalochesia is? Lalochesia. I do not. I do not. I'm trying to break it down into pieces in my head and it's not working. Lalochesia is when like you're in some kind of pain, like say you sub your toe and just go, ah, fuck, 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 fuck. It's using vulgar or indecent language to relieve yourself of emotional or physical pain. Oh. It was it's, my favorite kind of, it's the it's the most common type of magic spell. Yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah. It's abracadabra and fuck my toe. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck my yeah. toe. But yeah, uh, yeah lalochesia. Uh, hmm. it's, it's a great phrase. Uh, try to remember it. I never do. I've discovered that word. I'm going to say six times. Hold on, forget. I'm writing this one down. Lalochesia. You know, so I'm, I write these words down, but not what they mean. Lalochesia. Yeah, C-H-E-Z-I-A. C-H. Yeah. E? Z-I-A. Whoa. Like Lalo is like you know Lalia. That's speaking. Yeah, and then Kizia, I, was of, I don't. Uh, I, yeah, Kizia, yeah. I don't really know what the where yeah. that's from. It's Greek. It's <laughs> that's all, all I Greek know. to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a phrase that people say. Yeah. Let's stop here before we go into episode three to say this. Okay. We would love if you followed us on social media. Yes. We are uh, WizBiz Podcast on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And if you like the show, leave reviews and tell your friends and retweet things and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, any interact kind of, with yeah, us. Any kind of interaction really helps shows, especially when they're starting out, which the show is. So uh, we, we thank you beforehand. Yeah. And also... Really, really guilty beforehand if you don't do it. I mean, like, honestly, really guilty. if you uh, if we are missing important things about Adventure Time episodes, we really, really want to hear about it too because yes, uh, this is a rich show. There's a lot going on, and uh, you know, Alex and I have diverse and fascinating backgrounds. You know, we are both inter- international people of mystery, but um, truth, yeah, very, very true. I mean, you've been to Canada. I've been to Canada. Uh, I've been on podcasts that are heard outside of America. Ooh. Uh, people still think my name is Alex. I mean, uh, I mean no, 
<laughs> I didn't jump out of that plane after stealing that money. <laughs> um, but anyhow, you know, if, if we're missing stuff in Adventure Time that you think we should be paying more attention to, please tell us, yell at us. You know, yes. this it's an old show. A lot of fans are, you know, we're getting old now and uh, we've had a lot of time to rewatch these episodes and we're probably going to shit talk your favorite episode. So, you know, may so as well. So right in. Yeah, talk yeah. to us. Also, and you know, just face it, you know, at least one of the hosts is like really lonely. So, you know, just talk to me, please. I mean, one of us. <laughs> I'm not going to give away which one really, really so lonely. No, my God, someone just talked to me. Okay. 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 Now that business is over, uh, let's talk about business time. for business time. This episode is a fun one. I liked it. At the same time, I'm really glad that it's part that we aren't spending half an episode on it. Yes, I think this worked out well. Let me give you a small anecdote from this that kind of ruined the episode for me. It is not the episode's fault. They are, we start out with uh, them flamethrowing, flamethrowing, using a flamethrower on chunks of ice to get out, you know, old articles from the, from the pre-Mushroom War mm-hmm. civilization. And Jake keeps finding baby shoes. Which is... And and it, and I just that that what was it the, the saddest sentence ever is uh, a baby crib never used you know uh, yeah yeah uh, and it's just like that I just had that thought of just like oh that was that was darker deeper than I needed the start of this lighthearted episode <laughs> I was like Ugh. it made me think of like uh, God you know there's that whole thing like along the Pacific coast there's uh, I think especially in Puget Sound there's like shoes that watch up oh on the, yeah this is Vancouver BC yeah them. yeah and like. Nobody knows where the feet are coming from. Yeah. it's And it made me think of that. It was just creepy. Um, and the other thing, I really think that this was on purpose. When they defrost the businessmen out of that iceberg, was that not a an homage to Avatar, the last airbender? Hmm. Because Aang came out of an iceberg. Oh, no, I know. I was just thinking if I could come up with something better than that but no or was it an homage to encino man <laughs> i feel like maybe both because i'm pretty sure brendan Fraser is the first of the uh rock what do you call them in avatar uh, oh benders the, he's the, the first benders, rock, bender. rock bender yeah yeah <laughs> i haven't watched the show Earth in a while bender, like Earthbender. yeah whatever he's you know but he's a caveman so there's only rocks they didn't right. they didn't graduate the soil yet that's true <laughs> yeah the, the rocks hadn't broken down uh, another great Adventure Time quote in the beginning here is, and I quote, hard work sucks, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, it's crazy. So you and I are men of a certain age, you more than me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but remember how big of a deal it was like when Beavis and Butthead said sucks on TV, yes. that it was like the moral degradation of, of society and ruining the children's and now this, this wholesome as fuck show <laughs> says sucks like it's nobody's business. It reminds me of... <laughs> So, you know, there's that whole thing, like neither of us are parents, but you know that like parents try to keep their kids from saying bad words. Yeah. Well, apparently sucks is still considered a bad word by some people. Like I remember my, uh, my nibblings telling me, you know, Uncle Eric, you can't say sucks. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not, is that a bad word? And apparently it's bad enough. So it, here it apparently upsets some grandparents. Yes, because here's the thing: because we don't think of it that way, because it's been you know truncated and and uh, and shined up and like you know ultra utilized and done right, the most professional like, way possible. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. But I mean, it's supposed to be when you say sucks, you're saying sucks cock. Yeah, you're just yeah. doing it in a shortened form, and we forget yeah. that we just use sucks. It's like that. That's a bad thing. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, is for, it a bad thing? Sucking cock. 
Yeah. I mean, I think for a five-year-old to say that, probably. Okay, that's probably true. Okay, but Because I think foul language kind of goes away once, like, puberty hits. (laughs) I was just sort of... I just remember being kind of like, oh, weird. It's sort of like, um, you know, damn being considered a bad word still. Like, that's not... Yeah. Really a bad word. Well, that's just Christian bullshit. Yeah. I saw a really good TV show. Um, oh, shit. It was, you know, during the pandemic, Netflix had these great sort of like short little documentary series that they did. And one of them had an episode that was like curse words. And they just sort of went into the history of different curse words and how people felt about them. Oh, that's fun. Uh, it was pretty interesting. And it turns out that like of all the words that they had, I think they did like, you know, shit, fuck, damn, and... I don't remember. What the, there, there were probably four or five words. Uh, damn was the one that people were most surprised about. They're like, that's a bad word. And most people just didn't even consider if it. If you asked me to list the bad words, I don't think I would have come up with damn. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would either. I'm not really sure that I think about it too often. Like, I, you know, there are words that I try not to just say all the time, although I'm saying them this episode. I, I'm going to blame the sake. I've had a glass of sake and it's making me swear a lot. God damn it. Yes. So what I like to say is the Christian God damn you to hell where your soul will burn eternally but not be consumed. And I like to stare them in the eyes as I say it, but like really slow. And then I usually blow a kiss. That's that's what I like to do. I don't think that's a bad word. <laughs> well, when I say blow a kiss, I mean blow a dude damn kiss. Ah, I mean, right. I'm sucking jeans in his cock. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's literally the grossest thing I could think of. Okay. Gene Simmons is one of the worst. But it does remind me of something that Jake said about the businessman when he was. He just said hard work sucks. No, he also said they remind me of well-dressed pickles. What do you think the deal with the businessmen having the kind of zombie sores on their face? Oh, they were totally zombie businessmen. Like they they weren't alive. Was there a zombie apocalypse as well as the mushroom war? Um, no, but I suspect that between the lich and the vampires running around. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot. You know, I forgot. We got fucking vampires and, and you know. the uh, toxic goo that was everywhere. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, you know, because they're not human. And they do kind of have almost a Hunson Abadir-esque shape to them. That's right. So, you know, I suspect that they're some kind of indestructible demon businessman, which yeah. makes sense. I did enjoy when they're waking up and they're like, I forget things, but I remember business, business. <laughs> which is fun. The kind of kid like uh, yeah. angle to this show of like not understanding what your dad does. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. He's in business. <laughs> which makes me think of, um, you know, so so the Lich hasn't really been introduced yet, but the concept of the Lich, you know, in D&D is it's a powerful sorcerer who manages to become undead so that they can keep doing wizard. is that what the origin is yeah okay yeah I, as we discussed i don't know D very oh, yeah. well that's yeah. where that's where it comes from yeah. but so you know the wizard can keep doing wizard stuff while undead so i almost wonder if the businessmen are a sort of a reference to the lich like they became so obsessed with business yeah. that they be- decided to become undead so that they can continue doing business yeah, in their life. Just what a gross, gross aspect of late-stage capitalism. It totally is. <laughs> it's, but, you know, like... Zombie businessmen. Like Jake also said, these poor souls are lost without jobs. Yeah, that makes me really sad. Yeah. You know what yeah. I did like that's not sad at all? Is that Hot Dog Princess was being attacked by some kind of magical cubes. Battle cubes, dude. Battle cubes. Yeah, those are dangerous. That's, <laughs> I like, so this show gets more and more psychedelic as it goes yeah, on. it does. And that's like an early, like, just weird humming cubes in the sky. It's such a, <laughs> such an odd thing. 
<laughs> yeah, and the fact that like they weren't really able to beat them. I mean, Jake could have at any time. Like that's the thing that's so hilarious about this. Like Jake, Jake underuses his his superpowers. Yeah. So frequently, I think a lot of times because, you know, he's just there to help Finn grow up. Yeah, he's doing the older brother role. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun little thing. But um, there was a weird talk about consent. That businessman gets in the way of uh, Hot Dog Princess kissing Finn. Mm -hmm. And then they all just sit there putting smooches on her body. I mean, she (laughs) looks really pleased with it. Yeah, I guess. But it just made me uncomfortable. Uh, I did think it was interesting that it turns out Hot Dog Princess, even though she looks like a dachshund, is actually a hot dog. Well, they're hot dog dogs. Yeah, which is gross as hell. I mean, you don't actually have to eat them. Have you ever heard of a spit dog? Do I want to? No, it's not. It's not. It's not gross at all. Really? Uh, it sounds gross. A, well, because you're not from the old timey times. I'm not. So a spit dog, and I think they're extinct now, where dogs bred to uh, go around the fire with a spit. So it would turn the meat. Oh, a spit. Spit dog. Yeah. Like the other kind of spit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but they don't exist anymore. I've got nothing else other than I was reminded that's a thing and I I found it interesting. Hey, look at this shiny dog I found. <laughs> I feel like with a hot dog dog, you would just have to train the dog to roll over a lot. Yeah, or it shove itself a casing of its own intestines. Ugh. Have you heard the theory that if you eat a sausage, it doesn't stop being a sausage? Yes, yes, and that's uh, very <laughs> gross and accurate. Uh, so the the businessmen start helping out Finn and Jake. They're Finn and Jake Adventure Time executives or whatever. And they build like a VR monitor setup using satellite imagery to see what's going on in the land of Ooh. Yeah. Which I just love the fact that there's still satellites up there, like just dully going through the routine of something mm-hmm. a thousand years or whatever after after the world's over which you know it'll happen yeah yeah but it's also just crazy that they have access to all those surveillance cameras you know they they manage to watch like you know lumpy space princess getting chased by a monster and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean well you think all the it guys are dead so there's probably not many like firewalls still functioning i mean all the businessmen are dead too but there might be undead it guys oh god Ugh. Yeah, so Finn and Jake hang, uh, end up uh, hanging out and getting super fat, eating ice cream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, they just send the businessmen to save people. And that's, that's you know, whatever. Uh, that leads the businessmen to building a giant mech suit. And they start sucking like up. Finn. Yeah, sucking up weird cotton people that are super cute. Uh-huh. And they're like, this is the only way to save people. It's like being proactive. This is the most mm-hmm. efficient solution. And it's that, it reminds me of this, uh, one of the things they worry about with um, technology is the uh, the you know the widget thing where you build uh, and uh, a sentient machine that has the ability to like uh, replicate itself and like learn how to build uh, mines or whatever you know just right. a, a super efficient machine and you just the only instruction you give it is it is build widgets it will start killing every human destroying the entire world so the all that's left is that factory and a giant pile of widgets in which you would probably start making widgets out of the old widgets yeah because you don't program it to you know uh stop to, to you know to if... yeah neil stevenson talks about this in diamond age have you read that book that might be where i got it from no no i didn't read diamond age so that's not where i got it from okay yeah but in diamond age there's this whole uh sort of like nanotech war that happened where you know some nanobots went crazy and started replicating themselves like mad and just turned everything into like gray dust and then they had to make new nanobots to fight the old nanobots yeah sometimes nanobots go wrong and then they fight in the air and stuff and you get like sparkly rain and it's you know nanobot wars 
etc. Sparkly rain sounds pretty all right. Yeah, except that if something goes wrong, those are nanobots that are just going to eat the planet. Yeah, well, you know, we're doing that anyway, so at least, no, that's m- true. At least this way we get sparkly rain. And it's not like the, it's not like we didn't make the nanobots. Well, I mean, I guess if they start self-replicating, we didn't. True. You know, what if God is one of us? Just a stranger on a bus. Just a man making nanobots. Yeah, just a man making nanobots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the end of the episode, uh, Jake being super fat saves the day by, uh, by getting being... stuck in their vacuum and exploding. By eating more ice cream and becoming larger. Yes. 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 Uh, but also, there's this great scene where Finn and Jake are like sitting on the couch playing video games and eating ice cream. And Jake has turned one of his hands into an ice cream scoop. Oh, yeah. I love that. I'm just yes. like, he is so good at being lazy. And I also love any early BMO because BMO doesn't have a personality yet. Oh, right. Yeah. BMO was there. Yeah, they're playing BMO as a video right, game. Right, uh, Yeah, this is the, I think this is BMO's second appearance or maybe it's first. I've been watching, I watched the whole first season stupidly uh-huh. before we started. Now I don't remember what happens first. But, um. Yeah, Bimo doesn't have a personality yet, which hmm. is which is interesting because Bimo ends up being one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah! Um, In fact, the mascot of our show is a little Bimo. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, so they, um, uh, Jake goes, "Well, that's good," uh, and then he just sucks his gut in. He's like, "I'm gonna miss my gut," and Finn's like, "I'm gonna miss my gut too." And tries to suck his gut back in, and just, oh, <laughs> and now, dude, I feel that. I feel that hard. Yeah, yeah, me too. Now there is a lesson in this episode, which is when uh, Finn says. I never knew being fat and lazy was so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, all right, it is. You know, it does have its own kind of rewards. I wouldn't know because I'm definitely, well, I am lazy and looks down. <laughs> well, anyway, yes, I do know that. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Again, like business time, there's just not a lot to say about the episode. Yeah. There's very little arc building material in there well there is one sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but there is one aspect that i get i guess we need to like really clarify okay okay, okay. because we know the future of the show uh-huh. this probably is one of the first concrete references that we are living in the future of the world that we understand it because we've seen yeah. office chairs before but now mm-hmm. we're seeing people that wear ties the guy with the red tie is the boss they uh-huh. are bu- they remember business they use the term incorporated when they when they laser cut their yeah so i feel like this is one of the earliest kind of establishing that this is a post-apocalyptic world, which gets very clear later. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Um, And I think they even make some reference to the fact that they're, like, salvaging stuff from the before times. Yeah. From, you know, a long time ago. Pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that 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 is an important point. Uh, But I think overall, I think, you know, the reason that we really had to do three episodes isn't because... We thought the three these three episodes suck. It's because we wanted to kind of get back into, we wanted to sync up with the two episodes of Adventure Time per one episode. You didn't of this. like them not being divisible by two. Well, <clears> it's <throat> not that. I just okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, you want to? No, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I wasn't. I was throwing no shade there. Totally get it. I like. I like even divisibility. That sounds perfect. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah. So are we going to talk about favorite background characters? Yeah, all right. So favorite background character, or, you know, and when I say this, again, I'm just spitballing this this idea. Do we need to have a segment f- name for this? No, because frankly, I think the segment name thing is going too far. Uh, and I I doubt we're ever going to get any music for it. Hey, audience at home, if you like the show. I'm going to make some music. Yeah, I know, but it's it, this feels like uh, gilding the lily. Okay, fine. It's which, in the future. Wh- the music's still being developed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I'm the, I, it's great, but it's audience at home. <laughs> Uh, we are totally open. If you're like a fan of the show, you want to make us like a little 
ditty or something for random segments we have. Oh, we yeah. totally use it. So or or theme songs. Well, Eric's making a good theme song, but you know if it sucks, you can write a better one. <laughs> yeah, and we're open to changing theme songs um, and stuff like that. But you know, like uh, interstitial music. Like if yes. you have a <clears throat> two or three second little thingamajig you've made. Yeah, totally. a, a look at in. the shiny rock I found. Yeah, uh, thing. And we'll give you a credit even. And uh, Alex will spell one of your names right. Yeah, I'm not making that kind of promise. Okay, fine. Alex will spell them phonetically. I will get your name pretty damn close. That's what I promise. Uh, so, favorite background character. Also, just uh, amendment to that is it can be a it can be a major character if they did something awesome. That's fine. Okay, I just okay. mean who out of these three episodes, which person on our TV won? Okay, I am sort of wobbling between two characters. All right. Uh, first, Stanley the Watermelon. Okay. The the most redeeming character, the only amazing background character in The Jiggler was Stanley the Watermelon. Yeah. So I think that gives Stanley a really big leg up. Second, and I know that this isn't going to surprise you a whole lot, Peppermint Butler. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to say Watermelon Stanley uh-huh. in, a, in a very close tie with one of the left baby shoes. What about Bimo? Bimo could suck my dick. He doesn't even talk yet. <laughs> See how gross it is when you say suck my dick instead of Bimo sucks? <laughs> yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. And Bimo's a little boy. Uh, oh, Alex, gross. No, that's what Bimo says yeah, in the you show. Yeah, you worse. Am I? Wow, well, yeah. it's weird. I should hear that more often. Last segment. Show and tell? Show and tell. Okay, okay. Uh, I brought two things. They're both old. Well, they're both reproductions of old things. Um, first is a uh, is the uh, Tarot de Montaigne. I don't know if you've seen this before. This is a very very early uh, tarot style deck. Uh, here, take a look at it. Now, when you say tarot style deck, you mean like this is like taroki? No, it's really not. It, we aren't. I don't think that anybody's super sure how it was used or what it was used for. Oh, where does this come from? Or when does this come from? Uh, the 15th century. So it's from some 1480s or something like that. So it's pretty old. Uh, and it is, I don't know, let me, let's take a look at the little white book. I, I wanted to bring it, but um, I didn't take very much time to re-research. So what I'm looking at uh, right now, the first card I have is Divine Light, which is A, and on the bottom it says Prima Causa-L, 50, and then on top it says Divine Light, Lumiere Divine, uh, Godliches Licht, and Godlich Luk Licht. I just went with mm-hmm. saying guttural use and hoped it worked. And uh, the, the picture in the center, and these are nice, uh, gold-leafed, shiny. They look like the special um, X-Men cards from 1993. Yeah. And it's it's, it's the um, either Earth or... This is the Heavenly Spheres, or is that Earth? Is that the Underground? No, no, that's the uh, uh, Divine Light. It's the it's the whole Ptolemaic universe. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Divine Light around. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it kind of looks like either an everlasting gobstopper or... You know, uh, yeah, it's the description layered. of the spheres or mm-hmm. the description of what happens under the earth. So hold on. Let me talk a little bit about the deck. Oh, yeah. No, I was um, just describing it while you're getting yeah, that page yeah. ready. So there, yeah. are, uh, there are 50 cards in this deck broken up into um, five groups of 10. The first group are the human conditions, and those are numbers 1 through 10. The second group, numbers 11 through 20, are Apollo and the nine muses. Uh, 21 through 30 are the arts and sciences. That's uh, the... Uh, the the liberal arts and sciences, so the trivium, the quadrivium, and then um, philosophy, astrology, and theology. Uh, the, uh, 31 through 40 are the geniuses and virtues. And then 51 or 41 to 50 
are the planets and celestial spheres. So it's kind of this interesting deck of images that encapsulate like um, what would be considered kind of like the entirety of Renaissance learning. And sorry, remind me again when these happened? Uh, The late 1400s. And so that's almost the same time as tarot shows up. Yes. The taroki early tarot stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that's why it's usually referred to as a tarot deck, but it doesn't have the same structure and it doesn't seem to have the same purpose. And nobody knows if there was any sort of game that was supposed to be. Yeah. Because tarot is based on like a, like a card game, but you, you know, you can figure out because I mean, it's just the standard deck of cards plus the trumps on top and the extra one guy in the, in the Royal family there. Yeah. And so this is something else. Um, I think that there is a, I don't know that there's any idea that it was used for divination. I personally feel... They're cool. Like I like it, them. Yeah, yeah. I think it was probably used as some sort of um, mnemonic device, like a like an art of oh. memory sort of deck. The other show and tell uh, kind of related to something we talked about last week. So remember last week I brought the... Uh, I'm sorry, when I say last week, I mean last episode. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so last episode I brought the Sworn Book of Honorius, which on its cover had the... Um, Sigillum de Ameth. The John Deeson. The John yeah. Deeson. So, I recently got this. It's the Monus Hieroglyphica oh, cool. by John Dee. And this is a new translation, and it's from Ouroboros Press. Um, I believe it just came out earlier this year in 2022. What's that the year we're in? It yes. is currently 2022. Yeah. So I, can, I can vouch for that. I think this either came out uh, early 2022 or late 2021. But it is, it's beautiful. It's a nice little book. It's well bound. You know, Ouroboros Press is a small press out of Seattle run by William, Ke- William Kiesel. Now, just to interrupt you for one second on that. Uh-huh. Is that how you pronounce that word? Ouroboros? Is that? That's how I pronounce it. I, yeah, I, I don't have, I always say Ouroboros. Um, which I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not claiming correctness. I'm not it's either. not a word I use particularly often. You know, and you're better at like Greeky stuff than me. I'm like, oh, that that could be. Yeah. Uh, hold on, show me. Let me see the name again. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. O U R O Boris. Ouroboros. Ouroboros. That's how I'm gonna say it, and I'm sure people out there are gonna argue with me, but that's how I'm saying it. Yeah, that's yeah. I was in no way claiming you to be correct or right or uh, wrong. I just was. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a pretty book, isn't it? Smell yes. it. Give it a smell. And Alex was never seen again. Yeah. Um, or now now, now I've convinced you to have a three-way with your wife or whatever fucking that weird John D. shit he got to. It was wife swapping. Yeah, because the angels told him to. Uh-huh. So great. Um, yeah, this is cool. I tried reading the Monas Hieroglyphica, whatever the old the old uh, translation was, uh-huh. a few years back. And I realized that I don't know nearly enough about the magical systems at that time for that thing to make any fucking sense to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I have not tried reading this yet, but um, it, it would probably be pretty clear to you. It just it was a it, just a little too far from what I know to make it really work for me. Well, I tried reading. Well, uh, hold on. I did. I did um, try the older translation. I mean, the you know this is the size of it. The rest of it is all other junk. So it's not actually super long. Yeah, it goes from page fifty-one to like a hundred and something. So it's like 
a little more than yeah. There's like a, like an epistolary at the front. Yeah. yeah, I love the the monad itself though. It's this great combination of like all the different planetary symbols and alchemical symbols and John Dee was. Just oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. Let's squish them all together and make it more magical. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of the best kind of sigil symbol things that you're ever going to run into. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I recently made some hieroglyphic monad keychains. Ooh. Which uh, are which by the time that this episode is released will be available for sale on the Arnamancy website. I'm guessing that's Arnamancy.com. Arnamancy.com. Beautiful. So you can go check those out. They'll be uh, they'll be cheap and and delightful, and will look great with your keys. I'm certain. Uh, on that note, I'm going to plug. Uh, there's a website that I have called AlexBolin.com, which is just a link to all the stuff I do. So I have. Another podcast called John and Alex Eight Stuff that's still going. Mm-hmm. I've got the archive of the Alex Cast that's still up, and uh, there's a link to the books I've written that are available on Amazon. Uh, if you don't like supporting Amazon, feel free to get in touch with me. I will gladly sell you one, and/or if you just ask politely, I'll probably just send you one because I'm I'm a sucker and I don't care about money. I just want people to read the books. Yeah, so now they're good books. I really like them. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate I, that. I edited your uh, that that short story collection of yours. Yes, and um, I loved the stories. Yes, Eric got a uh, thank you in the in the opening pages of that book. It's my claim to fame. Yes, uh, yeah, that's called the Terravada Machine and other stories available mm-hmm. on Amazon. I recommend getting the uh, e edition because it is cheaper and the layout worked a lot better. I had some. Oh really? I had some publisher issues. Yeah, the the print version's got some some wonky layout in it. Oh, but, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. The, the amount of money it takes to fix it, and then I would have to like worry about whether I need to keep the old publisher's name on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I'm just gonna leave it. It's fine. You know, right. Well, cool. Well, so are we nearing the end of our episode? Oh, yeah, we're done. That was, the, yeah, we're finishing up That's now. it. Yeah. So hold on. Do we have like a closing out? Uh, follow us on social media, WizBiz Podcast, et cetera, et cetera, Yeah, et cetera. I'm um, at Alex Bolin. That's my personal one. He's at Arnamancy. I'm at Arnamancy. Uh, we really, really would love to hear feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us uh, if there's anything we could do, be doing better with Adventure Time. Is there anything we could be doing worse so that we could try less hard? Oh, yeah. That would help, too. Yeah. Like, if you're like, hey, if you guys don't really want to do X and but that we're doing, be like, hell yeah. Because, you know, as we learned in this episode, hard work sucks. Hard work sucks. And I will tell you that we are not poor souls who are lost without jobs. I think both of us would love never needing to have a job. Yes, this is true. Yeah, I, yes. I'm not obsessed with business. Yeah, what I would either. like to do is is not have to spend 40 some odd hours of every week of my life going to a place just so I could have health care. <laughs> yes. Uh, Which yeah. brings up the other running theme that we should have in the show is Alex wants to marry someone in a civilized country for citizenship. So any ladies out there or fellas that live in a country where that's cool. Uh, yeah. But Canadians, help. Mexicans, just anybody, wanted, Just anywhere. sham marriage somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Canadian would be perfect. If I could become a Canadian citizen. Yeah, because it's cool out yeah. there. It's nice and cold. Yeah. I, you know, I would, I would become a Mexican citizen also. Yeah, Mexico's. I actually looked at Mexico, but anyway, the point is, anybody out there who wants a sham marriage with uh, a a writer slash podcaster, you'll get thanked in every book. I can probably give you a few, few thousand bucks if you really need it. And and he eats ass. And I eat ass. Yeah, they swing a huge hog. I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's like hot dog princess. Down yeah, there. I was gonna say it's a hot dog prince is what I call it. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end this Freddy episode. Freddy Hot Dog Prince Jr. <laughs> yeah. Probably that. All right. Thank you all. And we will see you next time. Adios. Bye. Goodbye, Gunter.